The Storytime Podcast is brought to you by Shoreline Publishing Group, Australia's best independent publishing agents for independent authors. Podfire.com.au, the best goddamn podcast platform on the planet. Beverly Hutt is today's author, and we are here to announce the release of her new book, She Has My Heart, which is now available in great bookshops everywhere. It was released this month on the 15th of September. Beverly started writing as a hobby whilst working as a nurse in New South Wales. She initially commenced writing a little story for family members, collecting stories from her parents. After researching her ancestry, she branched out into the short fiction piece. Whilst writing and developing the ideas, Beverly was approached by a woman on social media. They wrote and shared things together and became friends. After the stories were collected from their correspondence online, Beverly put a book together to the many scenes that the two women had written and shared. And now the rest is history. One of the great reviews I've heard of this book so far, a marvellous and intimately moving tale of true love beyond gender and prejudice. The delicate narrative of women in love is beautifully sculptured through the story to bring us into lives of the characters in such a way that all is simply natural and acceptable. Five-star rating. She is my heart is the book. Beverly Hunt is the author. The question on everyone's lips, will she choose her love for any over her own children? Well, you have to read that one to find it out. Beverly Hunt or Bev, welcome to Storytime. How are you going? Good, thanks, Brett. Thanks for having me. No worries. Thanks so much for joining me. I, I love this time of the week. Storytime is my favourite podcast and it's one of those things normally people haven't podcast before and you were telling me earlier that you haven't, so I promise I'll be gentle. Oh, always be gentle. <laughs> so why did you want to become an author? Um, I'd started writing it when I was travelling around New South Wales, and then I went to Saudi, and it's you could either get into the home brew and the compounds in Saudi or get into a hobby, and that's this is where I got into the writing because I certainly wasn't interested in the home brew or the male compounds. Oh, fair uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where this sort of all... All stem from. And do you class yourself as an author now? I think I have to. It's out there. It's, it's out there. You can't take it back. No, and it's 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 kind of like surreal. It's it's hard to to put my head around it. Like I see my name, but it could be someone else. But then I know it's me. So. And why this particular book? What, what have you? You obviously have written things in the past, and you've got your. Uh, hobby, as you like to call it, which is now your real author. But uh, why, why this particular book? What made you actually bite the bullet with this particular book? Um, as I said, it was a, a straight erotic writer who messaged me on Twitter, and for some strange reason, I just sent her all these sex scenes. Do not ask me where they came from. I've got no idea, and it just developed from there. And it was always just sitting there. And then um, a friend of mine said, "What are you going to do with them?" And then I've just developed a story around them. Um, I came out when I was 21, so it's definitely not my my life story. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of a lot of friends I met along the way, they came out when when they were in their 40s, been married, had kids, and then just finally felt comfortable enough in themselves to say, I, I can't live this straight life anymore, and. It's probably more dedicated to them that they had the courage to come out and and pay the price, if you like. 
Oh, 100%. My, my best friend in the whole wide world uh, was married for 15 years and then he came out uh, uh, 15 years into his marriage and now he's very happily, he's got his boyfriend and they live happily ever after. Yeah, and we're just like any other couples. We're no different to anyone else. But the good thing is you can actually live your real life now. Absolutely. And, and is, I, that, is that what the book's about or the book's for? That's probably what the book is for, that, to make these women who think, they, they probably think they're the only one in the world who is feeling like this. Um, there's not a lot of support groups, I don't think, around for women in their mid-40s. How many of them would understand it to be in this, you know, sometimes safe heterosexual realm of marriage and society and everything else and to come out to your parents who are probably in their 80s um, your family, your children, it takes guts. And I admire these people for coming out. So when you came out, you said you were 21 years old. Yes. And how was that taken by your family and friends then? Um, family, my parents initially were shocked, um, but they accepted it. Eventually they accepted it. And my mum, bless her, was my biggest supporter. She would not hear anything derogatory said about gays, male or female. She would get up and walk away. Um, so, and my family themselves, my nieces, my nephews, they're just fantastic. So we're obviously living in a different world now as well, though, and we're currently, where are you based? Are you in Victoria or are you in New South Wales now? I'm in New South Wales. So are you locked up or are you actually allowed to have a bit of freedom? Oh, allowed to have a lot of freedom. Oh, that's good. How do you think that the current world in the and and the circumstances we're in um, is is affecting people? Do you think it's having a detrimental effect on people? Like, there's a lot more loneliness, and I think people that have got uh, secrets, as we liked, as 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 you're sort of saying, it must be a lot harder on them as well now. Well, well, they would because there's nowhere for them to go. Yeah. Basically. Um, and these, these people I met many years ago who came out in their 40s, I, strangely enough, I, I wrote an ad and I don't know where it came from, but I just split up with my partner at the time. So I wanted to have a fresh start. I put an ad in the paper. And like I said, most of these women were in their 40s, had been married, had had children. So it developed a social network where we used to go. We used to go out, we used to go for drinks, we used to go to the cinema organise a book club, um, and it was always such a safe environment. Yeah. Um, and I, one thing stuck in my mind, I was at a, I had a barbecue at my place and I was at home looking after my mum at the time. She'd gone, she'd gone out, so I had everyone over. There was probably about 16 of us and there was me and another woman were the only ones who hadn't been married and hadn't had children. Oh, wow. How many yeah. people? Um, at the time, there was about 16 there, so 14 of them. Yeah. The majority had been married and had children. There you go. And a lot of these women are still together as couples and still friends with me all these years later. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And do you think that your book will actually sort of, uh, when, whilst they're reading it, will help them? I'd hope so, because they're not... Anyone who's struggling with their, their sexuality, it was bad enough for me back in the 80s because that was the whole time when HIV AIDS came about as well. Yeah. The gay society was ostracised. Um, 
So now, and I just think, especially in the whole COVID lockdown thing, people people struggle. So I'm hoping that they realise they are not the only one, male or female. You're not the only one. There are other people in the same situation, always has been, right through history. Yeah, um, of course. And it's not, it's not as scary as you think. And I think kids today as well are a lot more resilient, can accept a, accept a lot more things. Do you think uh, kids are a lot more open these days as well? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, and and the the obviously the difference between now and the eighties is is a million fold. <laughs> is is the you got young kids coming out at school and all that sort of stuff. So these guys get to live their actual complete life. Yeah, uh, in in a lot of cases. So with the book, you said that someone reached out to you on Twitter. Yes. Talking to you for the very first time, I wouldn't be the person to think that you would be a Twitter person. So talk to me about Twitter. What do you do on Twitter? Um. Well, back in back in the day, this was the whole time when uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was coming out, and I was living in London at the time. And yeah, I'd get on Twitter, I'd follow El James. She'd go the the straight banter, and I'd come back with the, the whole lesbian gay banter. Yeah. Um, and we had this back and forth. So a lot of people on the sidelines were, were watching this banter <laughs> go back and forth, and. This other woman just messaged one messaged me one day, and that's how it all came about. But I'm a lot more quieter on Twitter these days than what I used to be. Well, we need to get you back out there and, and sort of start the banter again, I reckon. <laughs> bring it on, I say. Bring it on. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> so this random woman that sent you this stuff, where, how, tell me that story. How did that actually happen? Um, she was she was a huge follower of... Um, E.L. James, and I just kind of like sat on, on the sidelines a bit and she, I, I have no idea who she is in person. Oh, still, to this day? To this day. I've never met her. Yeah. Um, never met her in person. I've seen photos of her. Never met her, but she never sent me any, any scenes. I just sent all these to her. I just, honestly, Brent, I don't know why. <laughs> like, it's not something... I intentionally went out to do. I just thought, I'm going to give this woman a run for her money. Yeah. I think she can write straight erotica. I'll show her how lesbian erotica is written. <laughs> and and like, like I said, it was always it was just sitting there. I wasn't doing anything about it. What did she do with it? Well, I don't know. I don't know what goes on behind it. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I meant, but that's okay. <laughs> so did she give you feedback? Oh yeah, she'd she'd give me feedback and say, "Oh, I like that one, or oh, that one." Yeah. And you know, then, did you use some of that content, obviously, for the book? I've used most of the content for the book. And then, Annie, who's Annie? Annie is my the other openly gay character in the book. But who's Annie? Is Annie an actual person you've you've crafted no. her off, or no. she's just a fictitious person you've made up? <laughs> She's just a fictitious person I've made up. I didn't base her on anyone, maybe a little bit on me. I guess you've got to come back. Like an alter ego, is it? Yes. Yeah, hugely successful businesswoman, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, And I don't know, it's just a nice, that's where where she came from. I don't, and I'd, I'd written the book and I thought I'd finished it, but I'd only done it from Annie's perspective. Okay. 
And then I just thought, there's just something missing. It's just, and then I thought, I've got to have Sophie's point of view because that's the whole basis of the story is how a, a form, like a woman who's who's lived a straight life, if you like, yeah, married and had kids. And her story was important too, probably more important than Annie's because Annie was comfortable within herself, always has been. Um, so from my point of view, sometimes I found it really, really difficult to, to write from a straight person's point of view, a straight woman's point of view. And did you get help with that at all? Did you ask any of your friends or anyone in regards to that? Did you get any sort of uh, feedback from people during the process? I, I was going out with a woman at the time, this was in London, who I was her first encounter. And had she previously been married or anything like that? She had previously been married, was allegedly living with a husband in the same house, but they were separated at the time. Um, and this wasn't a casual affair. This went on for five years. So she kind of gave me some pointers yeah. as, pardon the pun, of how to, how to write and how she felt at times. Identifying as a straight woman but fell in love with me as, as a person, yeah. not as sex, if you like. Understand. Um, so she gave me a lot of a lot of ideas to work with there and how it actually felt. Yep. Um, so she was she was a good source to have. And are you still in contact with her? No. Okay, so she hasn't read the book. Um, she knows about it. Okay. Um, yeah, she knows about it, and I have thanked her in the book, although I haven't used her name. No, that's fair enough too. Yeah. So what inspires you every day? Um, what inspires me every day? So do you do you uh, want to write more or well, what's what's oh, the? I wish I had the one thing I did love when I was really into the book. I could sit for five, six, eight hours. Yeah. And just write. And some of the scenes I've looked back and I think and I've thought, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I haven't even thought of doing that. And it's amazing where your mind can take you. Yeah to get to that point that you just, shit, I wrote that. So you got completely lost in it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And did you find it came easy? When I got, when I got into the zone. Yeah. Cause I have a short attention span. <laughs> Nothing I, wrong with that. <laughs> sign of a genius, they say. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I must be a genius as well. <laughs> um, once I get into to the zone, I, I then, I want to spend as much time into it as I can. So in London, it was a, a quite easy because I was working long day, long hours. So then on my days off, I'd go to like really small cafes and just the computer, the headphones, the same piece of classical music over and over again, and would just write. That is what I miss now. So why don't you put the headphones on, play the classical music and write and write and write? Because I've also, I'm also starting a business. <laughs> oh, okay then. Fair enough. <laughs> See that genius thing. Oh, it's just people say 2020 is a horrible year. I just, I've never done so much in my life. Um, so I'm hoping the business will take off so I can step back into the background and just get back into the writing or so get back to, to another story that I've started. 
So there is another story. Is this going to be like a trilogy, like the uh, Fifty Shades of lots of different stuff? Um, depending on, I've already got it in my head how the second part could go because I've also got a couple of male characters in it, and they, one of them in particular, has a story behind him. Depending on, I'd like to to follow on with it because I think. The character of Jared is a lovely character as well. Okay. And I'd like to tell his story and then go from there. So what's the end goal for these books? Is it going to be a TV series or a movie or is it just going to be the written word? What do you reckon? Movie. And so who's going to play the two leads? I've been asked that question and I've got no idea. But, you know. Who would you like to play the two leads? Who's Annie? Annie, I could see... Shalise Theron. Oh, great choice. And Sophie. I haven't worked that out yet. What, what sort of woman is Sophie? Explain Sophie to me. Sophie is... She's got great legs. She is a little... She's got, like, a nice, what I call, a womanly figure. Okay. Um, darkish hair. I probably could see someone like... Oh, what was her name? Mental block. I'm just thinking Demi Moore personally, but maybe she's a I bit too rough. Yeah, yeah. Demi and Charlize, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, they could. that would work. You'd, you'd get a lot of straight men going to watch that movie as well. <laughs> I think a lot of straight men are going to read the book as well. Indeed, they are. <laughs> certainly are now. Now they've got that vision in their heads. <laughs> what's, uh, what's your favourite part of the book? What's your favourite story within the book? Um... There's a there's a scene in it that, because you read and read and read and read scenes over and over and over, but every time, like the sex scenes, I say, oh, I've got to read this again. I don't want to edit it. An editor can do that. But there's this one scene that Jared discloses his past, um, or I disclose Jared's past, or any discloses, sorry, any discloses, so any discloses Jared's past to Sophie one night. And it's the scene that still makes me cry. Oh, really? Yeah. Can you talk yep. us through the scene or is that giving too much away? Well, I give too much away, but um, Jared had a partner, Daniel. They met in university. Um, and they, like, from the time they were 18, they were together. Something happened. And for Annie to move on, she has to relive the story. So... Um, and he's reliving the story of what happened to Jared's partner, Daniel. Um, and it still makes me cry. Wow. It's, it's pretty awesome when you actually write words down and then read them and then actually have true emotions about them, isn't it? Yeah. And a, a friend of mine got the book and I'd get messages from her. You've made me cry again. Made me cry. <laughs> So, um, and you're saying, yes, that's what I wanted to do. That's exactly, exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> I want people to, to feel the emotion of it. That's the, and that, that's that's obviously the biggest part of the book is is the emotion and the way that you've you've written it is uh, is amazing because if people are actually feeling the emotion, job done, big tick. Yeah, and um, Sophie's husband, I've, I've, I made him change throughout the book. Initially, I didn't want, well, I didn't want my reader to like him. I didn't like him as a character. That's how I decided. 
Um, and just the changes throughout the whole, I find the whole characters throughout the book is always quite interesting. And so that, that character changes from the start to the end, do they? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So would you encourage someone to become an author? Everyone's, every one of us has got at least one book in us. I love that. Yeah, I'm very true. We we just, we tell a lot of stories, whether it's via podcasts or book writing or cinematography. But I believe everyone has a story, and yeah. I also believe everyone has a fictional story in them that's actually part factual as well. Well, I think you've got to get your your ideas, and there's always a part of a, an author in the book. Yeah, you, you give part of yourself across in a story. I believe. Oh, of course, and and do you tell? Do you feel that you tell the story better than you write the story, or write the story better than you tell the story? I think I write the story better than I tell it. Is that because you can be sort of a bit cheekier and you you don't sort of have to worry about what people think? Well, I kind of like don't worry about what people think at any rate. I got that early on in this conversation. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love people being themselves. That's all you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the cover of the book, how did that come about? Because um, I'd, I'd finished this book probably maybe two or three years ago before I left London, um, and I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I can I can intubate a patient, a person, but I can't edit a book. Um, that's, that's not, not my, what you do. <laughs> you know, so it's... It, I sent it off to Indie Publishing and um, Brad said he'll get back to me within a fortnight. He got back to me within the week saying, I want I want this book. Yeah. And I just handed it to him. I said, need an edit, need this. And he organised everything. And then he came back with the cover. And as soon as I saw the cover, I fell in love with it. It's, it's really beautiful. And I'll tell you what. Now I know a bit more about the story. It tells a lot of this, like it tells a story just looking at the cover. Yep. And that is probably more any from behind, the blonde curly hair. I can see Charlie sitting on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how have you enjoyed the publishing ride? Um, it's all... Because it's definitely a journey, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And I just think, and I thought this was going to be something else until about 15 minutes before I logged on. And um, I was talking to Janine and I cut off and I just thought, shit, this is a bit bigger than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> but here I am. That's good. And you've done an amazing job too. Thank you. Thank so you. what's next for Bev? In the way of? Life. Life in general, life is good. Always, life is always good. It is what you make it. Um, I want to get the business sorted and settled. And then, what's the business? Tell me about the business. The business is because I live in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales. Beautiful part of the world. Oh, wonderful! Um, and I work at the hospital yep. in emergency. And I just, I used to see a lot of services were lacking, and um, I've started a home care business. Oh, lovely. So, Safe at home care. Um, so that's start, just starting to get rolling now. But my love, if I could, if I'd win the lottery tomorrow, 
I'd yeah, still run the business, get someone else to run it, but I would sit and write for hours. Put the headphones back on and listen to the classical music. Yep. Well, Bev, yep. hopefully this didn't hurt too much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for sharing your story with me on Storytime. And everyone needs to go out and get She Has My Heart because we all want to know, will she choose a love over any over the children? Yes, you have to read the ending to find out. I changed the ending three times until I was happy with it. <laughs> Excellent, Bevs. Thank you so much for your time and a really good luck with your book and good luck with everything in the business as well. Thank you very much. No Thanks worries. For me. We'll see, see you again soon. Thank you. See, see ya. You,